Thank you for listening to the Kelowna Christian Center podcast. Our desire is that today's message will be fresh and encouraging to you. For more information on KCC and how to connect, visit us at kcc.net. Wasn't that wonderful worship this morning, hey? Man, there's, there's a difference between, like, you may have heard those songs on, on the, uh, you know, on your playlists or whatever it may be that you, you listen to worship on, but I'll tell you the difference when you're in a community of people singing together and worshiping together, isn't it awesome when you're together? I would, before we, I start, I just want to uh, welcome, we've got Pastor Enoch and his family, the YWAM family is here, and his family, and then would you guys stand up from Oliver? Yeah, let's give him a hand, welcome. They are just serving, it's just uh, awesome to um, serve in our, our Okanagan, the greater Okanagan, and, and my dad was out there this week. He spoke on life purpose. We need to get him speaking on that again here. It's uh, such a great message um, that just really launches you off into your life and it allows you to have confidence to be able to say yes to the things you need to say yes to and no to the things you need to say no to. It's a, when you know where you're called. I'd just like to welcome everyone today. I'm, I'm Pastor Brody. I oversee the pastoral team here at KCC. Thank you. This is 11 o'clock. You're so encouraging today. Um, I'm glad to, that you're here at church. Um, we're in week three of our four-part series on Entrusted. And so I'm just going to recap a little bit of part one and two. Uh, the first part I spoke on the blessing that God gave to Abraham is ours by faith today. That God would bless us and that God would give us a blessing, which virtually means that you'll have more than you personally need. That your cup would run over. That God would bless us and that so that we could be a blessing and that the whole earth, all people of the earth would be blessed through us. So, uh, you know, how many people do you have from the school that are representing different nations? Seven. seven. So you've got seven people. The nations of the world would be blessed through KCC this morning, through you and I today, through our the Okanagan and the ministry at YWAM. There's going to be a blessing that goes out to the world. That's our, that's our, that's our promise to us. Now, God loves to bless us when we're entrusted to go and take that blessing to bless others. My dad then spoke then the next week on the fact that we've been called to be stewards, that everything we now own is now on loan. <laughs> everything we own is now on loan. And that it's not my life, it's not my money, it's not my, my gifts, it's not my resources. My energy, the fact that the breath I breathe is the breath that God gave me. I enjoy my life today because of what he's given to me. All things that are good have been given to me by him. So we give back and he expects a return. He's like, I've given you. Now return back to me what, what I have given you. And so we go, we take care of the the world around us. We take care of those in the family of faith. We take care of the, um, 
uh, our own personal families. We go and we give our time, our talents, our treasures to be able to uh, steward and give back so that God himself will maximize what we have. How many of you want to live a life that's fully maximized? That's, uh, that's our goal. That's our, our heartbeat. At KCC, if you're new with us today, we, uh, we follow a Next Steps program. We believe that um, it's, we call it a program. We just, others call it a journey, a spiritual journey. We believe everyone is on a spiritual journey, and your journey is particular to you. That, that the first step is that God wants to know you, and God wants and you to know him. <laughs> we want to have this connection, and everyone's relationship with God has got to be personal. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be your own. You don't live off of the faith of your father, your mother, your grandparents, your, your nation, your, your experience you, is going to be what matters. It's got to be you and God. Know God. And once you know God and you know the saving power of Jesus Christ and the fact that your sins have been forgiven, now you move to a place where um, you get rid of some of those issues that you've been carrying along with you. Your sins may have been forgiven, but you've still got habits, hang-ups, you know, that are still tracking with you. And so you want to find freedom. And we, we do our best on just on Sunday, but also through our connection groups, one of them in particular is called Find Freedom. And it's starting new in January. If, if you're struggling with just like moving forward in life, we want you to engage, register, be a part of that Finding Freedom uh, connection group, and just launch forward into the life that God has planned for you because each person is created with a purpose. And we got to discover it. Everyone in this room can reach someone better than I can. You're called to a certain, you're called with certain gifts and passions and leadership styles. And you're called. God created you on purpose so that you can go on and make a difference in life. And when you make a difference in life, that's where you begin to find the joy of living. The joy of living our life on purpose. So this series right now, Entrusted, is really a make a difference series. Every now and then we take a time to break and we say, you know what, 11 months of the year, we, we'll, we'll listen to what God has done for me. And now the challenge is like, what am I, what has God called me to do for others? Yeah. This is where we take stock of our life and say, what has God given us and what then can we do to move forward to actually make a difference for others? So in 1 Timothy chapter 6, taking this as our text, Verse 18, Timothy is told by Paul, <clears throat> is this letter to Timothy. He says, instruct the church, your neighbors, those people who are, you're sitting beside right now, you, instruct you to do good. Simple. Two letters, do, go do good. Is what you're doing good? That's a good litmus test to everything you're doing. I'm going to do this. Is it good? Do good. Just do good. That should be like the motto. Do good. Just do it. Do good. In fact, he doubles down. He says this. He says, be rich in good works. A lot of our life is spent acquiring riches for other things. 
I want riches here, riches there, riches in relationships, social, fans, followers, people tracking with me, rich in resource, money. I want all these things. And God's saying, no, no, no. I want you to be rich in good works. This week, where are you rich in your good works? And to be generous and ready to share. You come ready to share. You come prepared. You're coming to church. You're waking up Sunday morning. You're waking up Monday morning. You're like, I'm rich. I'm ready to share. I'm ready to share an encouragement. Ready to share a, a hug, a handshake. I, 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 ready to share like a part of who I am. Ready to share my relationships, my, my knowledge. Ready to share my experiences with other people to actually make a difference. Be ready to share because at the end of that scripture it says this, that that is where you find, you truly find life. So Paul's tell, telling Timothy, take inventory. Am I spending my life blessing? So is, am I spending my blessing solely on myself or am I giving it to others? Do I come ready to share? Ready to give. You know, I used to love going to church. Uh, I used to. And uh, now I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, it's Sunday. And it's a big pressure point for me. But I'm like, Lord, what are you, like, you going to do today? I'm kind of in charge. And, uh, but I used to, when I was young, come to church. And I love that one guy in the church who would, who would have his pocket full of candies. Now, I don't know if I would eat those candies, but they were like the white mint, like the white, big, hard white candies. I forget what they're called. They weren't even very good, but they were just the fact that he had a pocket full of candy. And I, as a kid, would go up to that guy, and he'd be walking by, and he'd just kind of like, as if he was my drug dealer. <laughs> he's kind of like... Here you go. Don't tell your mom. You know, I'm giving you a candy. But he, was, he came with a pocket full of candy ready to share. It was simple, but it made a difference for me. You're ready to share. God notices. When you do this, you watch out. This is where truly life is. God is looking for people who come prepared. So we all have something to share. You might say, I don't have much. We all have something to share. We are rich. Now, if I was to tell you today, are you rich? You would say, no, no, no one's really like putting up their hand. But are you blessed? Have you been blessed? Have you been blessed to be able to, to give? Have you been blessed to be able to share? Now, that blessing makes a big difference. Too often we think just strictly monetary. But God has given us many blessings. So God doesn't want us to feel guilty about what we have. He just wants to say, hey, I'm going to richly bless you. Now, are you entrusted to go ahead and be a blessing to others? So this is where we walk. So today I'd like to share with you uh, a concept on the firstborn. And it, it's a, it may be for some, it may be an odd concept, but... Um, the, the Jewish culture really held strongly to uh, a precept or some kind of a, in some cases it was a law of the firstborn. It was more than just tradition. It was biblical practice. And this law of the firstborn comes from Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 17. And if you read 
previous verses, it's actually at a time in the culture where they had uh, a person would have multiple wives from and create families. And he's like, listen, and he, there's an instruction here. He says, regarding the firstborn, when it comes to the firstborn, if it's with a wife that you don't like anymore, that's, it doesn't matter. That firstborn child, I want you to give him a double portion. Allow that double portion to be with the firstborn. This is the portion from the father that will be given on top of a shared portion of the inheritance to that individual. And now that young person, that firstborn child, will have two portions. Now, how many of you in this room are firstborns? Yeah, we've got a number of firstborns. I always thought this was a great principle. Because I'm a firstborn. <laughs> Aha, I've got the double portion. I've got that double ability. I've got that double inheritance. But there was a responsibility for the firstborn. This firstborn, the son, it says it got, he got a double portion of the father's strength. And the son is equipped with the strength of the father and the right of the firstborn. It means he's responsible. It means he's entrusted. It means he's capable of now taking care of others. The firstborn, the right of the oldest, is given twice as much so that if the father died, the responsibility went to the son to take care of the family. So you had to take care of the family. He had to take care of everyone else. It wasn't so that he could walk around with his chest out and go, you know, I've got double portion here. I've got more than everyone else in the family. No, the fact is you were given that double to ensure that everyone else would be taken care of. It wasn't so that you could build a bigger barn. It wasn't so that you could live large with that resource. The fact was I'm giving you it so that you, so, because you are now entrusted to take care of others. Now the fact in the spirit, that's a natural law. The natural law reflected on a spiritual law. The spiritual law is, is now in place that we are all recognized. Now that we have Jesus, the firstborn of all creation, we all are that firstborn. We all carry the spirit of the firstborn to now take care of each other and to take care of others. That means we don't live our lives looking for people to take care of us. We're saying, hey, what can I do with what God you've given me to be a blessing and a resource to others? So let me tell you a bit of our story here at Kelowna Christian Center. 21 years ago, we, we were, before we had this property, we were down on Springfield Road near, closer to the city center. And at that city center, there was an opportunity. We had a piece of property. We, it was in the ALR. And uh, the value of that property had gone up over time. We had helped. We were renting a, a, a location, but we had helped plant a number of other churches. We were, we were investing in other places. And uh, close to 12, I forget the exact number. It was like 12 other places that we actually helped launch. And, and we said, God, you're going to give us our own property. Well, so a purchaser came to the table and said, well, I want that ALR property. It's still in the ALR today. 
And he said, we'll give you, and that money made gave us enough opportunity to purchase this property where we're at currently. Now this property, everyone said, why are you going into this location? The fact that this was an all big orchard, uh, there was no university, there was, hard, there was no Starbucks, can you believe it? There was no, uh, you know, Ben Lee Park, it was just a, an open orchard. And this orchard got, was surrounded by housing and developments that were really the most recognized as the most disadvantaged people in our community lived in this area. So what we did is we said, we're the firstborn. So we went and we started to pray on the streets. We started to walk and we started to pray and we started to bless our community. The first Christmas we came here, we decided what can we give to our community? And so we, we resourced uh, thousands of, of DVDs of the Jesus movie, the life and the story of Jesus. And we went door to door and we, uh, do, maybe some of you will remember this campaign. I got Hine Road at the middle in Christmas at night. That was like knock, knock, and people are like, Ch -ch -ch. You're like, okay, I got a movie for you here. It's a free one. They couldn't believe that you were giving away free stuff. Like, it was a rough neighborhood back then. And, and I'd knock on the door, and we'd like, hey, we're from Kelowna Christian Center. We just want to bless you. We want to let you know that we're here. We're here to support you, and God bless you. Here you are. Have a Merry Christmas. And they just took it like we're giving them free DVDs. Now it's all on YouTube. Got to remember, this is like 20 years ago. And before the iPhone or the intranet um, was available for that. But we gave away all of these gifts to our community because we believe we were coming and positioning ourselves as a firstborn. So we went around the neighborhood again and we said, what are the needs? What are your needs here? And we found that a lot of the families in this location weren't bad people. They were just, they were working two jobs. They just didn't have enough to kind of carry them over, over the hump of the month. And they were always dipping below the line. And in, because of that, they were turning to crime and they were trying to sell drugs and they were trying to make that extra bit of money because they were trying to survive. And we said, well, we don't want debt, and we don't want crime, so what we're going to do is we're going to help you. So we launched the Houses of Mercy, and at the Houses of Mercy, every, for two, 20 years, we've been serving our community. We said, you can come to a place that's no questions asked, no judgment, whatever you need, we're here to top up your pantry. No child, no family should go without food. We will take care of you as the firstborn. And that was a huge, you know, food ain't cheap. And we're giving out boxes and bags of food. And we said to them, we said, we're going to do this. And so we launched a little pantry and with a bunch of crazy volunteers said, we're doing it. And they did it. And they began to feed the, the, the families in our community. And we've got some volunteers. I know Hugh's been there since the beginning. Raise your hand, Hugh, at the back door. There at the beginning. We've been serving, serving the community. And, and it's not always easy, but God has always given us enough because we've taken on the role of the firstborn in our community. We will become a blessing to others. 
We're not going to look. We're going to say, Lord, what can you do with the blessings you've given us to make sure that we're blessing others? So comes to Christmas, we're giving out over 100 boxes and bags with like turkeys and hams and stuffing and cereals and like enough food for the whole season. And we're giving them out to the community there to be able to have enough so that they can experience and enjoy Christmas. That there, everyone, is the heartbeat of the firstborn. The heart of the firstborn is to be a blessing. And it's the joy to the father when he knows he can give a blessing to a, to a firstborn. And that, that firstborn isn't just going to absorb it and use it and hoard it. But it's going to give it out to others and make sure that the rest of everyone else, the rest of our family is taken care of. So God is motivated to bless you. God is motivated to bless you when you're motivated to be a blessing for others. So when you say God bless you to someone, and God bless you, 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 you're saying God's motivation is towards you to bless you, not so that you can drive a fancier car particularly, even though good things are fine, like nice things are fine. I'm talking about that you can look and go, what God do you want me to do with the more that I have? What is my more for? Do good. Do good. Be rich and good. Do good church. That should be the name of the church. Do good church. That church does good. They, that, church, that church do good. <laughs> they don't do good English, but they do good. Isaiah 58 shares this, and, and uh, it's a whole chapter virtually that emphasizes the fact that um, we've got a value in practicing generosity, and, and it's virtually talking about uh, the, t the fast, but it's really based around any spiritual or practice that we have. And God's response is to talking about fasting, and, and his response to them is, is this, is like, is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Is this the kind of church I've chosen? Is this the kind of service I've chosen? The kind where you, um, you know, you, you is a day for people to humble themselves and bowing and one's head like a reed for lying in sackcloth and ashes. Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? He's challenging the church. He's saying, listen, is this about, is service only about you coming to church and having cookies afterwards and having coffee and hanging out with your friends and, and just singing songs and feeling good and emotional and coming out with a high. And that's like, that's my life. Is that the spiritual practice? Or is it the practice to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, amen. To not share, to share your food with the hungry, provide the poor with shelter. And when you see someone who's naked, to clothe them and to not turn away your own flesh and blood, not another human. We look out and we go, where is the opportunity for us to be a blessing? It's not about the practice of fasting, you just going without food. It's about getting your heart right so you can make a difference in the community. Make a difference in the world. And make a difference with what, how and what you've been blessed with. 
And let me share with you where, why God is motivated this way. He says, if you do that, if that's your heartbeat, if your heart is to set the oppressed free and feed the hungry, give shelter to those who need shelter, and to clothe the naked, and to break the yoke, if you do that, listen to what will happen. There's a reward directly connected. It says, if you do that, then your light will shine like the new day sun. Your healing will come quickly. If your motivation is just for yourself, it's not going to come. But if you're given your life, if you're giving your energy, if you're giving your soul, your healing will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you. You'll walk into a room and there'll be favor in front of you. There'll be favor. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. You won't have to worry about what's coming behind. And it's like the glory of the Lord. The Lord will protect your reputation and your family and your others. The Lord will be your rear guard. You will call and the Lord will answer. Amen. Hey, help. <laughs> the Lord will say, you will cry help and the Lord will say, here I am. You want a quick ear, this is where you go. It's not about me focus, it's about him. Your light will rise in the darkness. Your light will become like the noonday. That's the peak of the day. You'll get bright. The Lord will guide you always. The Lord will satisfy your needs. And the Lord will strengthen your body and you'll become like a well-watered garden. That's, a, that's that picture is the picture of a garden that's as lush with vegetation and fruits and, and it's as lush with produce that you can actually go and be a blessing to others. Here, collect, take. My life is like a well-watered garden. I don't need, the Lord will sustain me. The Lord creates the vegetation. The Lord creates the resource. Come on, I'm gonna give to others, give to others. These promises, God is motivated to bless you. 12 promises. If you do this, if you put others first, if you go and you look at others and you look at the needs and, the, and you're challenged in that way, God will bless you. He's motivated to bless the firstborn, those who are entrusted to carry responsibility for their community and for others. So in a few weeks on December 1st, uh, we're going to actually have a really exciting morning. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to take up a special offering. It's above your tithes, your offerings. We're, we're calling it our entrusted offering. An entrusted offering. And this offering is not for us. Would you say that? It's not for me. It's not for us. This is resource you're putting into an offering. And you're saying... I'm going to be a This resource is going to bless our community. It's going to bless them with food for Christmas. It's going to bless our, our families in, in our community. It's going to expand the message of that gospel. It's going to let people taste and see Jesus. Not just hear about him, but experience him. And so I'm excited because we have this offering scheduled in a few weeks. I just didn't want to, you, you can give today if you'd like. That's no problem. But I don't, I don't, I want it to be something you're praying about. 
You're thinking about, you're allowing faith to bubble up in you and think, all right, two weeks is coming. This offering, this entrusted offering is going to be there. And I want to be a blessing and my family's going to be a blessing. We're going to give and we're going to thank the Lord in that giving that God has blessed us with more than we need personally so that we can be a blessing to others and, and love our community and bless our community, bless our church. Bless our people that need, that need that step up and we can be that support. Wouldn't it be awesome to have so much to be able to share that with others? Be generous in doing good. Rich in it. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Perhaps you came here today and you came with a friend. Perhaps you came just coming in the door and just checking to see what this place is all about and you may be feeling that lostness or that alone you might be feeling that distance between you and your purpose you and God and we believe that only Jesus can give you that meaning in your life only Jesus can bring that purpose and I'm just going to invite you today to consider allowing Jesus to forgive you and consider allowing Jesus to forgive your sins forgive you of your wrongdoings and set you on a new path. We call it being born again. It's like a new beginning. And it comes with the fact that there's, we had a, a life of wrongs and it created a penalty against us, but Jesus himself said, I'm going to take the penalty for you. It requires us to surrender our life. It requires us to Surrender it in such a way that we say it's no longer ours, it's yours. It's no longer my life, it's yours. But in doing so, I can say that you'll find joy. You'll find peace. You'll find that acceptance and that belonging as being his child. And so if you want to do that today, you don't have to join our church to get into this, in quote, club. It's just a decision to become a part of God's family. And it comes from a simple prayer, and it's, it's really that simple. It's the easiest thing you can do, but it'll cost you everything. It costs a full surrender of your life to Jesus. So if you'd like to do that with me today, with every eye closed, every head bowed, you can whisper these words, you can speak them out loud. I'm going to invite the whole congregation of people here to, to pray the prayer along with you just pray these words. Jesus, I need you. Forgive me for living my life without you. Today I surrender my life. I give you control. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And the best way I know how I'm going to live my life for you Thank you for giving me freedom. Thank you for giving me a second chance and a second life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Welcome, Malachi. Thank you for listening. For more information on KCC and how to connect, visit us at kcc.net.